0: Oh my goodness, it just started. Four new tracks. (laughs) Four brand new tracks coming to you spitting out of the mouths of Fanboy and Know-It-All.
1: Yay! We're so excited. All right, I'll give us a real intro. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: What is up, my nerds? Welcome to Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. I'm Jake Roberson. I'm Paul Acey. Welcome inside our heads. <laughs> no, A very no. scary place to be. <laughs> Goodness gracious. No one wants to be inside your head, Jake. No one. For those of you that disagree with Paul, today we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. Which... Slamming into theaters now. Right now, right now, it's in theaters. It's hitting the big screen. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, whatever that wrestler's name is. Dave Bautista. Vin Diesel as a baby tree. Yeah, the lightest
1: Vin Diesel voice you've ever heard. One of Hollywood's most beautiful
0: actors. Does he? Yeah. Well, as baby Groot, yeah. (laughs) Paul thinks he sounds like baby Groot. (laughs) And one of Hollywood's most beautiful actors in a role where you never see his face, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. As wow. Rocket Raccoon, we're going to be talking. If you didn't guess, we're going to be talking about it. Yes, because Paul and I have both seen this film. We watched it together.
1: That is correct. It was a frightening experience for both of us. I think,
0: <laughs> but no, it was a uh, it was
1: quite the experience. We went up there, got to see it, got a got a poster or two, got to. Geek out with I a only bunch got of other one, geeks.
0: I only got one poster. Were you stealing extras? I got three or four,
1: <laughs> but I am the fanboy
0: here. So this is true. That's all right. All right, but before we get to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I am super excited for that discussion. We're going to do it. Spoiler light. Just so spoiler you guys, know, we're not going to give you the big spoilers. If if you're worried about the big spoilers, about yeah. us revealing really important details, we are not going to do that. So keep yeah. listening. Yeah, if was, you're yeah. the type of person that's worried about like light spoilers like does rocket raccoon show up in this movie do they go into space do they go into space yeah those spoilers spoil are going to bit. be in this,
1: this does everybody yeah. die yes everybody dies of course
0: this is the departed part two yeah not guardians of the galaxy part two but before we get to that paul did you know guardians of the galaxy volume two is the 15th feature film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 15th film. That's amazing. It has come a long ways. Oh
1: my goodness. You know what? My entire career as a movie movie
0: reviewer it covers all 15 of those. I think I've reviewed every single one of those 15. Paul Acey's movie reviewing career started when the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Iron Man.
0: With Iron Man. Yeah. Which, and so our topic is going to be the top five Marvel Cinematic Universe films. We're not including the TV shows in here. No, that could be a great conversation elsewhere. No No X Men. -Men, No Spider Man. No Spidey, even though Spider Man Homecoming is coming this summer. Yeah. So eventually, he could be on the top 20 list. Yeah. Um, But this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting, which began with Iron Man, way back when. Way so we're going to do our top five. But my little anecdote to kick this discussion off is that I had zero interest in seeing Iron Man based on the trailers. Really? Zero interest. Now, how I, old were you at the time? Uh, so what was that, you were 2008? Like, you were like
1: six, right? So you probably weren't able to so, see it anyway.
0: So that came out in 2008. So I was a whopping um 18 years old
1: 18 years old
0: yeah almost almost 19 i was born Mm -hmm. in 89 so you guys can do that That math yeah yeah. Um, i was just a few years older and i remember seeing the trailers when i was watching football and the playoffs and all that kind of stuff and i was not impressed I was not – in fact, I was hanging out with my best friend the weekend that it released, opening weekend that Friday and he's like, dude, we got to go see Iron Man. I said, no, I'm not paying my money to go see Iron Man. I'm paying my car insurance. I've got a girlfriend. I am not paying to go see Iron Man. It looks like garbage and he's like, dude, (laughs) we have to go see this film. I was like, I'm not going to pay. I'm sorry. I'm just not. And He's like, I will pay for you and I said – Okay, if you're going to pay for me, sure I'm not going to turn up a free movie. Yeah, that sounds like the Jake I know. And uh, and we went and saw it, and it blew our minds. Blew your you mind. We loved it. Wow. Absolutely loved it. I felt yeah. I was so wrong. I am admitting it. You heard it here first, folks. I was wrong.
1: Yeah, now I, I have a confession to make as well. I, when Iron Man first came out, I was assigned to do it. I knew it was a big movie. I wasn't like you. I was kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. But I really had no idea who he was. Yeah. I... Even though I consider myself kind of, you know, a comic book guy now, like a superhero guy for sure, I had no idea who this Iron Man was. I knew from the Marvel Universe, I was always sort of a DC guy. So from the Marvel Universe, I knew Mm Spider-Man. I knew the Incredible Hulk. That was really about it. So Iron Man sort of introduced me to the whole Marvel world.
0: And a lot of other people.
1: It was marvelous.
0: Oh, (laughs) bad joke of the day. So without further ado... We're going to hit up the top five Marvel Cinematic Universe films in our Rank Geeks segment. So for those of you that are not familiar with this segment that we call Rank Geeks because we're a bunch of smelly nerds, we bring <laughs> – <speak> for yourself. <laughs> I smell I'm very am sitting right nicely. here next to Paul and Thank he you. smells – No, no. I smell Like fresh. something. So – uh, what we do here is we bring our individual top fives from fanboy Paul and know-it-all Jake and we we outline them for you guys so you can hear what's at stake here. You can hear what's on the table. At stake here is the rightness and wrongness and the destruction of the universe as is only appropriate for marvel cinematic universe films and then we will after giving our top fives individually we haggle it out sometimes we flip a ruler um (laughs) to figure out what is the definitive fanboy and know-it-all top five so without further ado paul what is the number five marvel cinematic universe film on your list number five it's a franchise that
1: will sound very familiar to you, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy made your top five. It made my top five, and it was really close. I was really debating between Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Civil War. Interesting. But, you know, I was talking with a couple of people today, and and they kind of won me over. The the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War was a great movie, but it was pretty dark, kind of depressing, you know, at the very end. It It was just kind of a downer. Guardians of the Galaxy was just flat out fun you got talking raccoons you got Drax and his very dry non wit you've got it was just it was just a lot of fun and I think it would have made it up a little bit higher on my list had the main bad guy been worth anything
0: he was yeah. a really boring bad guy it's arguably actually my wife and I shout out to my lovely bride we' Arguing about this uh, last night after I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. we were listing our worst Marvel Cinematic Universe of villains, and he is at the bottom of the list yeah, for me. Yeah,
1: no, it, it's true. And the thing is, villains often make movies like this. You need a really compelling villain. That's why Dark Knight was so great, is right. because the Joker, Heath, Ledger Heath Ledger's, man. was just out of this world fantastic. And I think that that in terms of the bad guys in the Marvel Universe...
0: Yeah, what is his? I don't even remember his name. name. Rodan, S- maybe Rula. Rodan and Fields isn't that like a company? Ja Rule, I don't know. <laughs> ja Rule, uh, you know, I do. I will say that speaks to the the uh, just the sheer character of the rest of mm-hmm. that movie that it can overcome such an awful, forgettable villain who's only memorable because he's not memorable. <laughs> All right, Jake, you're up. <laughs> Number five for me is another one with a poor villain, but I thought the movie as itself, as a as a, uh, as a whole was yeah. a great film. And that's actually Ant-Man. Huh. Ant-Man had a lot of controversy. It had a great uh, director and writer attached to it, Edgar Wright, who has done some of my favorite films. Uh, but he left. He left the project because of differences with Disney slash the MCU folks. I don't know, the New World Order. Um, <laughs> the Illuminati. I don't know. Somebody, somebody ticked him off and he didn't like it. And so I was worried about this film. I thought that Ant-Man was in trouble and it does not have a strong villain. You, you really don't care about him. However, the father-daughter dynamic. Uh, you know, that is and at a play for those in games. it, man. I am a sucker for that. That got me, yeah. and I love the heist elements of this film. And I'm a sucker for heist films. Big fan of, you know, of course, all the um, the movies that I'm such a fan of. I can't remember the titles <laughs> Oceans films <laughs> and Oceans any other heist films. film out there that I can't remember the name because oh, I've my seen them goodness. all.
1: <laughs> you, you have not seen them all. I bet you have not seen the Frank Sinatra Oceans films.
0: So. I have, uh, definitely. Absolutely seen that sometime in my future. So uh, so for me, that's that propelled Ant-Man. Paul Rudd, his charisma in that role, his sense of humor uh, totally won me over. And I came away from Ant-Man thinking, you know, this felt a lot different than most of these other Marvel films. But I loved it as a standalone film. Yeah. And that, that actually kind of becomes a staple for me, you'll see, in the rest of these.
1: Yeah. You, you know, one of the things that is, I was compiling this list, one of the things that, that struck me about these Marvel, Marvel movies, and people can sort of uh, talk about them being a little bit cookie cutter, very predictable, whatever. But they're very, in a, in a way, they're very consistent, and they're always consistently entertaining. Like... The ranks for my, these 15 movies for me, they go from really good to just sort of, oh, that's all right. But you never have anything that was just abysmal, right. awful. So right. I think that says something. Without further ado, oh, number yeah, yeah, yeah. four, Paul. Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah, it was the first. It was, um, you know, Robert Downing Jr., very charismatic, um, a fun movie. Had some great um, elements to it that I thought it, it had some uh, some emotional resonance. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean I've already made my thoughts on Iron Man clear. Um, it blew your mind. It blew, blew my mind. Your eighteen year old Introduced me mind. to a whole new world, as they would say in Aladdin. That's so sad. Number four for me is actually Captain America: Civil War, the one that got edged out of your top five. Yeah. And uh, you know for. I I really enjoyed again a weak villain. Like I I really didn't buy this Robert Downey Jr is a weak villain to No no no. I mean I'm not I'm not talk I, I mean <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you're making your side known. Actually, that's interesting. We argued yeah, about we this once this. before. Yeah, we flipped Yeah. And you were arguing in favor of Robert Downey yeah, Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr was Iron the right man. guy. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh no the Daniel Brühl guy like where it ended uh, I get what he was doing and it provided the impetus for the actual conflict in the movie. So again, uh, a movie that succeeded in spite of a compelling central villain, the central conflict was still really strong between Cap, between Iron Man and their respective friends where alliances are tested and you have some great battles in between, you know, between these superheroes. And I like the question that it wrestles with.
1: Mm -hmm. No, Uh, it was a great question. Um, number three for me, Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, interesting. I really like that movie. And I think part of it is because I'm such an old movie fan. Yeah. So sort of this period 1940s superhero movie. It was filmed really, in a very
0: period way too. Yeah.
1: And the, and the hero himself is of course incredibly old fashioned. Yeah. And and so I liked that sort of throwback to sort of that, that John Wayne, Gary Cooper, guy except with a mask and a shield you know I, I thought it was it was a really effective launch into his character i thought and and I, it makes me want to watch it again right now i'd rather be watching that than doing this podcast
0: actually. <laughs> well, i will take that as a smack in the face <laughs> no um it's interesting because my wife is a big fan of captain america as a superhero i mean chris evans ain't bad either but in her opinion <laughs> you know you, in her you, opinion.
1: you expressed your love for chris <laughs> evans and bradley cooper in
0: the early moments of this podcast uh but you know she was not a big fan of this of the first captain america movie mm. she did not get into kind of the old timey vibe that the movie gave off i actually liked it once i yeah. figured it out like it threw me yeah. off at first i remember when i first watched it i was like What is happening right now? But then once I kind of realized that they were going for that aesthetic and I've settled into it, I really did enjoy it. And I, I think, um, yeah, maybe it gets a bad rap some from, from some folks who were thrown off by the feel of it. Folks who don't know what they're talking about. Who are obviously ignorant. Yes. (laughs) Unless it's you that disagrees, dear listener. (laughs) I wouldn't dare call you ignorant. So there you have it. Number 3 for me is Iron Man. So we're not too far right. off. You put it at 4, I put it at 3. Um a very
1: nice. I mean, without it was Iron a, Man, I think it, we can say that without Iron Man this
0: whole, whole Marvel thing probably doesn't exist six, if it wasn't right. successful. But what I was what I remember being struck by with Iron Man and like why it changed my mind on this film was really the way it led into the whole film where the the opening to the film is very unsuperhero like he's trapped in you know this underground cave and you're you're dealing with like islamic terrorists or whatever religion they happen to be and and you're dealing with, and he's wrestling with seeing the effects you know, Tony Stark is wrestling with seeing the effects of his kind of nonchalant approach to business and supplying weapons and arms, and it felt very real and gritty in a in an interesting way for a superhero movie, and it had me hooked from that moment on. And can we just say Jeff Bridges' beard? <laughs> <laughs> in that movie is on yeah. point yeah like i aspire and any of my friends can tell you this i aspire to be an old man one day where i can shave my yeah. head shiny yeah and have that thick white oh beard you got the beard like and you Bridges. got the gravelly voice <sighs> get out of here yeah chomping yeah. on a big cigar
1: oh yeah that Talk was about a, a great good villain bad guy he yeah. was a
0: good bad yeah guy. no
1: there's there's no question about it
0: All okay right. number two paul number
1: two captain america Winter Soldier It's a good film it's a great film and and one of the reasons why I liked this is that it, it really deals with some very interesting elements. It really talks about just sort of that that wrestle, wrestle between um, blind patriotism in a way and, yep. and dealing with following your, your gut and your instincts and, and, and the ideals that you really really hold true and I think that, that it was a it was an effective story. it felt a little bit um, I think it, it was a movie that sort of vaulted the superhero story one step forward because you know superhero stories are supposed to be colorful and light and smash and bang and explosions and all that kind of stuff and and this one was a bit of a gripping drama where there's some espionage involved. There's some it, it felt it felt like you said about Iron Man, yeah. which I would totally disagree with you, but I would say this is true for Winter Soldier. <laughs> it felt gritty. It felt like it had some depth and, and heft to it,
0: which I really appreciated. Now, note, when I was talking about Iron Man's grittiness, I was referring to the first the part of The actual grit that, from the same, The first part of that oh, okay. film. You know, obviously it gets into, yeah, but I just want to clarify, I was not talking about the entire movie. <laughs> All right, number two for me is The Avengers. Come on now. Come on now. I mean, did anybody think Joss Whedon could pull off? This pick, the way he did, bringing all these colorful superheroes into the same movie and actually have a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. We have seen people try to overstuff movies and Joss Whedon really nailed a great balance with the Avengers and had a great villain in Loki. Great villain in Loki. And I'm just going to go ahead and unveil my number one because right, it is the one.
1: Avengers. And yeah, it was a great movie. It, these movies, the, all the Marvel movies really have done a great job of of meeting your expectations for what a movie should be. They're fun. They're entertaining. The Avengers exceeded my expectations. It did. And because my expectations were so high for that movie, that's a pretty remarkable thing to do. Yeah. It had a great villain. It had lots of moments of humor, tons of action. and And, you know, there's something about that movie that brings out sort of like my inner eleven year old where you see all these heroes on screen at the same time, you just you just kind of geek out a little bit. I yeah. mean I I really appreciate these movies, but this movie makes me feel like a little kid in the best way.
0: Yeah. No, it abs I think that was the, that was absolutely the crazy thing about it is your expectations were high because you had seen Iron Man, you had seen Captain America, you had seen Thor, and you're just like these movies are so awesome. <laughs> the Avengers it cannot help but let, let me down. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no way they're going to be able to pull this off. It's just too much. It's just too much. And and it was too much for Joss Whedon. He had to like take like a mental health retreat uh, after <laughs> making this film because it was such a crazy thing to try to put together to bring these larger than life personalities and stuff them yeah. in a one movie together. And actually make it fun. Yeah. Sure, he had the benefit of that we met these characters in previous films, but it still could have collapsed under the weight. No, it really of could have. So many different personalities on screen. And
1: let me echo just what you said about, about Loki. I thought Tom Hiddleston was out of the park, home run as as Loki. Because you know the thing about him is he was completely and totally, utterly bad. And yet, you felt some sympathy for him too, and and I think that's what and you did. And she kind of
0: liked him. You're like, this guy's pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> like he's kind of got this cool about him. He does have a cool. That about. is charming and disarming. Mm-hmm. No, if I, I can channel my inner Doctor Seuss. <laughs> All right, number one, Jake. Number one for me. Uh, so we flip flopped here. We were really close. Yeah. But number w- one for me <laughs> this is so strange. The that Winter we agree Soldier. Largely. Yeah. That we're really close on this, but it's the Winter Soldier, and um, this is not just because this is my wife's favorite in the universe. It it truly is mine. You know, I think it wrestles with a very very poignant question, like you alluded to, of when does our service to a thing, whether it's a government or an organization that we believe in, cross that line into this blind following, where we're we are tempted to and often do uh, violate our own conscience and our own commitments to what's right. Mm-hmm. What do we do when these things that are supposed to be bastions of of good? against in this war against right. evil all of a sudden seem pretty murky all of a sudden yep. might be asking you to do some things that you consider to be
1: wrong now it really calls into the whole idea of allegiance and what are we really allegiant to and i think that 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 has some some huge implications for for us as a society yeah. it has implications for how we think about our place in in the world and I think it even has some spiritual implications, to tell you the truth. You it, know, I it, think yeah. I think we uh, we sometimes get a lot of things confused. We have a lot of allegiances to a lot of things, and sometimes we forget about our primary allegiance, which I think is is you know both understandable and a little bit sad.
0: Yeah, and not unless you think that's too heady, and you're like, wait, are we talking about a superhero movie? They take that question and they put it inside this. Almost pitch perfect espionage slash uh runaway like film that's action and intrigue and moments of humor
1: sprinkled into boot. The my favorite scene in that movie, scene in the elevator. I thought the elevator fight scene was just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. So so I gotta ask you, Jake. We've talked about the best movies.
0: Alright. What's the worst? Have you seen All 15? I have seen All 15. Um for me, I think it's a pretty tight race between Iron Man 2 and Thor the Dark World. Oh. Um yeah, like both had n- very poor villains. Um both were kind of a mess, I think overall. Like honestly, I can't even tell you the plot of Thor: See, The Dark World. Yeah, and I think that that's means my, it's worse.
1: That's exactly my thing with Thor: The Dark World is I can't, I can't remember it. I don't, I don't hate it
0: actively, right? But I can't remember. It's it. completely unmemorable. Yeah, like I think, I think like one guy was missing, and there was something about like. Dimensions aligning.
1: Well, and there was some big old hoof
0: in in life. <laughs> What's England, going? Right? I don't even like. Well, yeah, lots, everything lots was lots converging. I, yeah. Was there? I don't remember it. So, like <laughs> Iron So I think <laughs> maybe that they makes just it wiped the our memory. Who knows? It could be. They're like, they're like. There's no bad movies except that one. They're just gonna wipe everybody's memories. <laughs> just Men wipe Black this out.
1: exactly. Mine was Iron Man three. By the way, I didn't like Iron three Man three.
0: Worse than the Dark World, <sighs> yeah. And worse than Iron Man two.
1: Oh yeah, no way. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Iron Man two no, was Iron a Man garbage.
1: Two. Iron Man two had those cool electric whips. No, they those were, not, were they were super dumb. Awesome. No, they were awesome. Didn't, he had no you, motivation. Whips, whips are awesome. And when they're electric whips, they're doubly awesome.
0: And it had the worst ending, I think, of any of these films. Like, it sets up this climactic battle between Iron Man and Iron Patriot or War Machine, whoever he was at the time, Don Chadle. And, and then all these, like, Justin Hammer created, you know, that he, he made all these, you know, autonomous ones. And you're like, oh, this battle is going to be dope. Like, they're in this sweet, like, atrium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, this is about to go down. Like, this is about to redeem the entire movie. And then, like, some deus ex machina thing happens, and they all shut down, and there's no final fight. The you movie's know, done. That
1: that it's, was it's the meta- worst. No, it's was it's so
0: mad. It's a metaphor for life. <laughs> okay.
1: Sometimes, sometimes you get built up, and sometimes uh-huh. things just sort of peter what out. Like this conversation, up? really. Buttercup,
0: so. baby, just to let me down. Our, oh don't sing don't now sing. it's time for our definitive top five um this is gonna I, I don't know how we're gonna decide those top slots when we agree so closely but we'll start at the bottom between guardians of the galaxy and ant-man um this is an interesting one because both don't have good villains and when i re-watched guardians of the galaxy paul i fell asleep <laughs> it drags That's, in the middle.
1: No, no, that sounds like it drags like a, in the middle. No, it does. It not. does. Don't, be,
0: it's not don't nearly... be lying to people. <laughs> the, this the... is
1: your problem with sleep apnea.
0: This is, this is your sleep issue apnea. Uh, and even if I did, it would be some sort of HIPAA violation for you to know that, but I don't <laughs> have it. Um, it, it's a good film. It's a, I, I do not knock it. I'm not saying yeah. it doesn't deserve people's enjoyment but it drags in the middle. It's not as bad as the famous example of this for me no. is uh Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon.
1: Oh my goodness, that's a
0: great movie. It's a great movie. Fantastic movie. One of my, you know, one of my, the favorites from my youth. It starts really strong, it ends really strong. The middle is an absolute snooze fest. You have totally absolutely totally
1: disqualified fest. <laughs> yourself from ever speaking about movies again. You
0: guys know I'm right here, so back me up. Um how uh however the strength of the main cast in Guardians of the Galaxy I'll I'll give this Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana Dave Bautista well, and Vin Diesel thing. Bradley Cooper <sighs> Here's I think i got to give you this one, no, in I, spite of my...
1: I do win. Yeah. <laughs> I do win. Because you think about that final moment, that we are group moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. So, in a really fun, silly movie. You have these moments of poignancy that I think really, really
0: work for me. And that intro scene where Chris Pratch dancing through the cave. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that alone. Yeah, you need to listen to Bob Boos talk about, about Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, one yeah? of my
1: compatriots here. He, um... He almost comes to tears when he talks
0: about Guardians of the Galaxy. Interesting. Yeah. So he was the one that that bumped it from six to five. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> he did his All right. Um, all right. Number four, uh, you have Iron Man and I have Captain America Civil War. Um, oh, you know
1: what? I'm going to give this to you only because I think hmm, Civil War was pretty good. So yeah. the, you know what we need to do? We actually just need to average out our list, like give points. Give points. Yeah, okay. Or we're so, we just,
0: we're just gonna, we're completely revamping right, our show live right. on air. So I, okay, so. So I
1: have, I have these here. Okay, so, so, alright, so Guardians of the Galaxy gets one point for me. Okay, okay,
0: so. So at the bottom, each of these have – they didn't – neither of these made the other's top five list. Guardians of the Galaxy was not in my top five. Ant-Man was not in your top five. So they do tie there. So we have to haggle that out. Guardians of the Galaxy won. Yes. Uh, So then we have Iron Man, which got two points on your list at number four. And three points on yours. Three points on mine for a total of five. All right. Civil War only got – uh, two points for being my on my list, and, and zero none on mine for being on yours. So that puts Cap. Um, actually, Cap goes to number five. All right. Well, because it has fewer we'll points,
1: the, we'll finish the list and we'll we'll figure it out live on air. So
0: yeah. So no, actually, because if we're looking, yeah, at, no, no, no. I I let's, totally agree. I totally agree. So, so okay. So so Cap gets bumped to number five, <laughs> and Guardians bumps up to four right no
1: yeah no you're totally wrong oh no
0: no, not guardian yeah because okay so guardians and cap each have one vote each okay so we've got here's what we got
1: we've got (laughs) bear with us folks sorry 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 okay we're we're real planners here we have what i have
0: is all right give us a point at
1: number five would be captain america civil war with two points Number four would be Captain America, first Avenger, with three points. All right. Number three, Iron Man, with five points, and then we have a tie for number one
0: between okay. the Avengers and Captain America, Winter Soldier. Right, because they they were flopped on our lists. All right, so we've got that we've got that in here now.
1: Yeah, and if we're gonna choose a number one between avengers and captain america winter soldier there's no question the one with the most superheroes wins
0: does it though is it the better movie oh it's than the winter soldier it is by far the funner movie i would give you more fun but and isn't that what
1: isn't that what entertainment is all about isn't it about enjoying two hours of escapist entertainment with characters not that always. you enjoy. No, it's not always it's Not but, always escapist, but, but especially it, both when you're talking in, within the context of a superhero enjoyable. movie. They were both enjoyable, but in the context of a superhero movie, which are you know really at their heart are meant to be vehicles for entertainment. I think I think Avengers wins.
0: Avengers does have the better villain. It does have the better villain, and it does have more superheroes. All right. <laughs> I'll give you the Avengers at number 1. All right and uh winter soldier but i mean you want to know an interesting thing about our list here paul what is that jake of our top five Three are Captain America movies. I know.
1: We do like some Captain America. Poor Thor. Just didn't make it in.
0: <laughs> he, unfortunately, probably other than Hulk, has the weakest entries
1: Well, I, in the I really like Rag- the first
0: one. Ragnarok actually. looks interesting. The first Thor was interesting. But again, we're talking – it's like a Pixar discussion. Yeah. Where even when you're at the bottom of the list, it's like, well, this it's is still right. better than a lot of what other people make. Yeah,
1: and all these movies are very watchable as far as I'm concerned.
0: All right, so there you have it, folks. The definitive (laughs) fanboy know-it-all top five. We'll see if we keep bringing this scoring format Oh, when we
1: need to have another podcast on (laughs) Crouching Dagger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, It sounds like we have some more
0: nerd battles on the horizon. All right. But at number five, we have Captain America Civil War. At number four, we have Captain America The First Avenger. Number three, we have Iron Man numero uno. At number two, Captain America The Winter Soldier. And number one, The Avengers. Sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy, I tried to put you up there, but no. no Guardians so couldn't make it on the top five list, but it does make it into the meat of our discussion. So without further ado, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. As promised, it is time to dive into our spoiler-free, light. spoiler-light <laughs> conversation <laughs> on Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Correct. Paul, there is so much to talk about here. Why there you is lead us off? so
1: much to talk about here. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, um, picks up essentially where the last one left off. We still have all
0: the characters that we've grown to know and at least vaguely like. Um, Unless you're my wife, who <laughs> cannot stand any of them, except for Chris Pratt, kind of, because she likes him elsewhere. Anyways, <laughs> continue. <laughs> and essentially, um, they
1: they go to a planet... They're and they're they, heroes. They they're heroes. after that
0: first movie. So now they're like getting hero yeah. Yeah, contract getting work. Hired. They're getting they're hired. like heroes
1: for hire. Exactly. So they're they're getting contract work. They get contracted to fight off this big instrument interdimensional demon who wants batteries
0: because he
1: wants Guardians of the galaxy. exactly. And so they defeat him, but in the process, Rocket the raccoon steals those same batteries. Yep which sends them
0: running away from the people who just hired them. Yep. Gold-faced, the gold-bodied sovereigns. Yeah. With a cameo by Ben Browder. Thank you very much. Shout out to all my Farscape fanboys out there. I guess he was also in some um Stargate stuff too. But Ben Browder was fantastic in his cameo. <laughs> Continue. They're getting pursued because rockets stole batteries. Stole batteries. That they were prote- there to protect in the first place. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So they're running across the galaxy. All of a sudden, they're being chased by sovereign battleships. And then this other mysterious spaceship comes in, swoops in, and shoots them all down. Turns out the spaceship, the rescuing spaceship, is owned by someone who's presenting himself as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord's father. And Padre. His- exactly and as you know you we don't he's never known his real father you know he just is he knew. his real dad that's the question is he an imposter that's the question meanwhile the sovereign actually hires um, Yandu, who actually raised peter quill in a sort of strange
0: sort of way for those of you that are forgetting yondu is the guy that's the blue, blue skin, with like a red mohawk the, the, and the whistling he whistles arrow. his little arrow yeah my favorite character from the first film
1: Yes, your favorite character hires him to chase down the Guardians and bring back their batteries and the whole bit. So, like most superhero stories, this has a very convoluted plot.
0: But it all gets them down to... Um, and he's a disgraced Ravager. Yeah. Yondu is. Like, he's, he's, he's on the outs even with the bad guys.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But eventually they they all wind up on Peter's dad's home planet which in a strange sort of way is also him because he's this godlike being who not only looks a lot like kurt russell but he's also his own entire planet that's pretty fantastic it's not often you have a a dad with his own who is a planet (laughs) exactly his own zip codes really (laughs) uh, his own title he
0: had to have at least had like A dozen zip codes. No (laughs) doubt. He does admit it's a smaller planet, but. He says it's about the size of the moon, but I mean, there's still got to be a couple hundred zip codes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it
0: depends on how you break it up. Yeah. How many people have phones on this planet? Like, how many? Yeah. uh, Because phones are not, have nothing to do with zip codes. Don't listen to me. Oh, my Um, goodness. I wonder
1: these podcasts (laughs) go on for so long. Uh, So, anyway, Peter and, and Gamora run off, do the planet thing. While Rocket is supposed to be repairing the ship, um, Yondu, this, all these names sound they're, so stupid when you them. They're just really dumb it. names. Let's just, so, <laughs> Yondu comes and captures Rocket, but then there's this whole.
0: Well, there's. Now we can't get into spoilers. Now, so that, now we're. That back. is the end of That's it. the synopsis. That's all you get. For spoilers. But, uh, all right, so. But what about this film? I actually, uh, having had time to sleep on it, I actually do like it better. Than the Guardians first, of the Galaxy Than the first, first. one. Are you, uh, are you
1: being influenced by your wife who hates all these characters except for...
0: No, I, because I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. I disagree with her. I think they're, I think they're interesting characters. I don't hate them. I really enjoy them. Oh. Um, so me saying this is better than the first one, mm. Guardians wasn't that far outside of my top five list. Here.
1: So no, so now what made it better for you?
0: Yeah, for me there's a couple of things that make it better. One, it does not drag in the middle the same way the first one does. <laughs> so... Big plus. <laughs> Two, more of Yandu. I was so oh, yeah. the, one of the other you things I was most Yondu. disappointed about with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One yeah. was how little he was in that. Many... I liked him so much more than the actual villain in that first movie.
1: Yeah, so how many times have you seen Blue Man Group, just out of curiosity? Zero.
0: Yeah. I My think... only experience with Blue Man Group is with the rest of Development. I, I'm kinda thinking when that Tobias Biunke yeah, was trying to blow himself. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. And join the group. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it's it's less about his color and more like he was more menacing and imposing to me. He was in, in that Guardians Arrow. of the Galaxy Volume 1. Like when he lands, he's like – he's on this planet and he's surrounded by like two dozen guys and with a couple of whistles just takes them all out. That arrow is one of the coolest
1: things. It really is. It's, it's super
0: cool. It's super cool. Although and
1: extremely bloody from
0: a plugged-in point of view. <laughs> Content caveat with Paul Asia. <laughs> <laughs> but so the fact that we got more of Yandu in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 super made me happy. Because yeah. that and and, and yeah. it made me forget good grammar. No, and and the great thing about Yondu in this is that
1: he really does become a central character. He's he no does. longer... Uh, he is both an antagonist and a protagonist, and we get to know yeah. a little bit of his story. And even as... This is not a spoiler, I don't think, because it's been sort of revealed elsewhere. But, yeah. but even as Chris Pratt is... Peter Quill is getting to know his, his biological father, um, we start to get an indication that Yondu sees... Peter Quill, this guy who he's you know essentially raised as his sort of adoptive son. I mean, yeah. would that be? He's kind of, of fond saying? of him. Yeah, and, and like
0: that actually precipitates another plot point. Right, you know, exactly. his fondness for Peter Quill for this little ragamuffin boy turned Star Lord.
1: Exactly. So you see this this very strange father son dynamic and sort of this pull push type of of thing between you know this this godlike being this biological godlike being and and who is admittedly a very imperfect father figure but a father figure nonetheless for for peter
0: yeah and the third thing that made me like guardians of the galaxy volume two more than volume one baby groot (laughs) big groot was fun i have no hate for big groot baby groot was killer baby groot was on point baby cute groot was cute and funny and totally wicked in he was, his own little way.
1: He was a lot better than Scrappy Doo. I'll just say that much. What does that mean? He was. <laughs> well, you know, I know that you really liked Baby Groot. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he was
0: cute. I remember but, you, you know, calling him a pest last night. Well, he and I've been waiting. No, here's
1: the thing. To bring that up, again. here's the thing: Baby Groot is in his terrible twos, right? <laughs> I mean, technically, he's he is about. I'd put him at eighteen months. He's as tall as like a pop can and he's well if, but he can speak he can say his yeah, I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. So he um he can wander around and he he does his cute thing but he's he almost dance. a little too cute I think. And How was that? And what? Here's the thing. He he is too cute even the bad guys say he is too adorable to kill. Right. <laughs> but then which gives he goes us some funny stuff. And he he starts hitting on people, and he's you know he's he's kind of a pest. I mean he is in his terrible twos where he is throwing a few little tantrums here and there that and that makes him a terrible character. no, it just makes him a
0: terrible tree. it does not make him a terrible tree How many oh trees my goodness guys, baby no. Groot is the second best third best thing about the. <laughs> Even though I listed no, it, Baby, yeah, I listed Baby the third Groot, because it's the third best thing about this film. Baby
1: Groot is just fine, but he is a little bit of a pest sometimes. But not in a not in a negative way. See, if your children were mimicking Baby Groot sometimes, especially people, you know, pulling. Yeah, but we're not talking them, about just, my kids here. We're talking about the movie. But but you would not. You would look at that movie and you would say, "Children do not act like Baby Groot in this movie."
0: I would look at this movie and I'd say, "Children don't act like anybody." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's nobody i want you to emulate inside this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that all right, that is a fair point. That all right, so point.
0: where did you land on this versus the first film? I really, positively and negatively.
1: I I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um it was entertaining, it was funny, it was action packed. It like like the first did not drag in the middle. It um <laughs> And, and I, I really did enjoy it, but I think that I rank it slightly below okay. the original. And I think part of that is, is partially just because of the freshness factor. You know, the thing about the first Guardians of the Galaxy was that it was completely unexpected. I didn't know anything about the characters. You go in here, you just, you just don't know what to expect. And it turned out to be a really fun movie. This one, you kind of knew the tone to expect you kind of knew that it was going to have a lot of jokes you you knew you knew these characters better and so because of that through no fault of its own i was a little bit more um, prepared for
0: what i saw Hmm. see for me i actually think that's a strength of this film in that i knew now i knew better what to expect since i didn't read the comics and i didn't have that context coming into the movie um so it was almost like with the Avengers in a sense where I come in now expecting it. I'm expecting the pop culture I'm expecting the humor, I'm expecting the goofiness, the silliness. And it still yeah, struck me as funnier and more interesting yeah. and with some better action scenes than the first film.
1: Yeah. I think I think
0: it was, and maybe that's influenced by the fact that we get more of Yondu's whistle arrow.
1: No, I think that that's true. I think you're such a Yondu fanboy that it's uh, it, you're sort of biased in that way. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the two areas where I think that that Guardians of the Galaxy really worked for me better mm-hmm. than the original. Number one, the soundtrack is
0: just killer. I mean, it was strong in the first one. Yeah, but I it was, was really st- strong. In the strong first again one. here.
1: I really loved it, and being a child of the '80s. This is my music. And I loved a lot of the little nods that you see in this movie toward the 80s because it really was the best decade. But the other thing, the other thing that I really liked. Oh my gosh, excuse me. Go ahead. It was the best decade. Mm. So I was just seeing if you would cough again. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. So. And I also liked, I really liked the emotional impact of this movie. Yeah. I think that the first one was really a movie about family. This one was even more so. And it had a lot of the, the father-son that I'm a sucker for. Um, there was a subplot where you're talking about um, Gamora and her, her relationship with her sister. You know, it, I thought it just all worked quite well.
0: Though I will say when you talk about Nebula, Gamora's sister, I thought Nebula was the weak point. Mm. of this movie to be honest like i and i actually think i wanted more of her in the first movie like versus the villain that they had like i wanted more yondu i wanted more nebula in this movie man i just did not like what they did with nebula Mm. she wasn't interesting i know she's supposed to be emotionless but kind of drax is that way too you know he's kind of two notes yeah you know he's either like even killed or he's kind of like or maybe three notes: even keel, angry, laughing. Yeah. Nebula wasn't even that. And oh, she was. She was. Yeah. She was fairly emotional in this. I. Thought. I think they wanted to try. I don't think they succeeded personally. Yeah. They didn't for me.
1: Yeah. I think I. I. I don't disagree completely with you. I think that. I think that Nebula, the character, it feels like there was. It feels like there's more there. You know. Yeah. You get sort of the impression that Nebula given the right lines, given the right scenario could be like out of this world cool. And this one she was not. But I think that I think that the the relational um touchstones that we had between her and, and Gamora I thought were really nice.
0: I didn't buy it though. Because they they were telling us why we should care about that like through their dialogue versus showing us and I think I oh, was, I just didn't think that was very effective. You know what personally. else I really liked in this But movie? I do agree that the in other places the family dynamic was better. Yeah. You know what else I really liked in this movie? Mm. More Drax. Drax was fantastic. I tell
1: you what, he he that guy just makes me laugh. Yeah.
0: You know I, I i would i'd would be interested this i just this popped into my head just now i would be curious to know if people's reactions to this film are going to be largely based on which characters they liked the most from the first film yeah this because is, you know another thing i found myself thinking during this movie where's star lord oh that's i interesting. i there were several moments where i was like we haven't seen chris pratt in a while like he's the star of this film and where is he like there were moments where literally I had this thought two or three times in the movie. Where's Star-Lord? Yeah, I did not have that thought. Like, he's still there. He's still central to it, obviously. But he is not on – I would be really curious to know. I don't know if he's on screen as much in this movie as he is in the first no, one.
1: No, well, I think a lot of that is because the the plot of the movie requires these characters to sort of separate from right. it. So a lot of times they're not on the screen at the same time. And so because of that, you do have some some division. Yeah. And I think where Peter Quill was was really front and center for what 80 90% of the first right. one. This one he's 60% of the movie. Right. Would that be that's,
0: fair? Yeah, then that's that's what I'm getting at. And so like I, did I think not if miss you were though. I mean I think that I think right. that he was very much involved with the Sir. Sure, I wasn't I wasn't saying that in a I was an upset way. It was just more of like a hey, this is funny. Like I just realized I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. And uh but I think if you like if you so I think if you were really hoping for another, you know, eighty, ninety percent of the film being Chris Pratt, you'd be a little disappointed with this film. Same if you were a big fan of Gamora. I think she's a little bit uh second you know, I, th- I think she gets dropped a little bit here. I think Rocket and Drax and Yondu get more here. You know, I think they're filling Yondu, up definitely. they're filling up some of that leftover screen time that Chris Pratt. Vacation. Well,
1: and, and from my perspective, I mean, Drax especially, I thought that he was actually underutilized in the first one. They, there was, he was so great. Right. And they just didn't do enough with him. Now I felt like they, they really did. But they're also, because of what they're doing with, with these characters, they're yeah. also sort of lumping in a whole bunch of new characters in a sense. I right. mean, we did get to see a lot more of Yandu. We got to see more of Nebula. We got to see a, a new character, Mantis comes on the scene who we yep. get to know a little bit. So it was more of a challenge, I think, to, to get to know these characters. It, it, they did it surprisingly well. Yeah.
0: I thought, yeah, no, I think there's a still a good mix because even as I say, oh, there's less star Lord, there's less Gamora, there's less, um, excuse me, of those, uh, characters, uh, less of Groot, truly. Like, even though he's still a big part of it, there's a little bit less of Baby Groot. He's kind of a little bit more incidental yeah, here. Yeah, there's physically a little less. Of him. <laughs> Literally physically less of him. Um, but, uh, it doesn't, it, it, even though it triggered that thought in my head, yeah. it wasn't like, hey, this movie is suffering because of it. And again, part of that's because I really liked Yondu And so I got more of Yandu. Mm. I enjoyed Rocket. I got more of Rocket. Um, and so, uh, it didn't suffer. For that mix being more blended and less Chris Pratt. But I do, I would be curious to know if people were really hoping for more Chris Pratt, if that's going to affect their enjoyment of yeah, this film. Yeah.
1: So what did you think of the father son dynamics? I mean, was that a big selling point for you for this as well?
0: Uh, it was. I, I wouldn't say it was as powerful for me as it has been in other movies, like, a, like when I was talking about Ant-Man with the father daughter. Um, oh, that is really interesting. But, uh, I, I did really like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it was hard because of the way this film was made. I think it was hard for them to get back to the emotion they wanted to drum up between Yondu and Peter Quill. Um, and Not to say that it was ineffective. It just didn't hit me as strongly as I'm frequently hit by father-son things. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. And I thought it was strong and a good part of this movie. But again, this is a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's fun. And so I think they probably didn't want it to hit you too heavy. And maybe that's partially why I didn't get, you know, as yeah. teary as I might in some other father-son Yeah, I Son saw you films. crying.
1: I saw you crying. <laughs> so, you know, the thing that, that just begs the question, I think, is as these the, the Marvel Universe continues to expand is, are we ever going to see an Avengers-Guardians crossover? And if so, how are they going to give screen time enough screen time to all these characters? I, I
0: don't know. You know,
1: because these these all these characters are, I think, are pretty compelling. So how do you how do you split up that kind of that right. kind of screen time?
0: Yeah, because I mean, it, it tells you at the end of the credits, they're going to return. Mm -hmm. So we know. And you've got all these infinity stones. The infinity stones are the, the central thread tying this all together. They're there in Guardians. They're there in these other Marvel movies. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler because I'm not even sure if it's, it actually happened because Paul didn't see it. I'm pretty sure I saw Jeff Goldblum in the credits of Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and we know from the Thor Ragnarok trailer that Jeff Goldblum is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thor. And so, I mean, they're going to have to mash these universes together at some point because of how they've set it up. How they're going to do that, I don't know. I mean, it is a lot. It's a lot to, as we talked about with the Avengers, it was, an incredible juggling act from christopher nolan to get all the avengers in one film it was a pretty incredible juggling act of james gunn to get all the guardians in these films and make it interesting and make you care about each of the characters so i I honestly don't know it's one of those things like if they pull it off it's going to be incredible but i have a bit of me that's worried they're going to kind of pull a lost on me
1: all right so this is the last question because we're running long but so if, if they do have a Guardians and Avengers crossover, who would you want to see directing it? Oh,
0: oh man. This is tough. Joss Whedon directed Avengers. Joss Whedon did Avengers. James Gunn did Guardians. Um, are you saying I have to pick between those two or are you saying like anybody? Let's do both. Let's right. do both. So between those two, I think I'd go with Joss. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joss has a history – of obviously doing it with the Avengers, I would too. really well I would too, and he also like if you think about firefly and serenity, I mean he's already made guardians of the galaxy it, like his own version of it with the with firefly and serenity, so I think giving him the reins of that crossover, I think you'd get a pretty great result all right pick another director. now any director man this is tough because i almost feel like you need like an avengers even though i know that would be crazy to actually work out in a practical sense you almost need like an avenger set of directors like christopher nolan oh, joss okay. whedon guy ritchie and um yeah just those three i'm good wes anderson oh my <laughs> Okay, that's weird, but also I kind of really like that. Throw him in there, yeah. That would be a very interesting. Wes movie. Anderson, Guy Ritchie, Christopher Nolan, and Joss Whedon all direct the mat. The, when, when all these universes meet, Marvel, can we make this happen? <laughs> can we get Wes and Joss and Christopher yeah. and who's the other one that I'm forgetting now? Guy, let's get him in a room. This could be fantastic. It would be a huge train wreck, also, but. Yeah. A fantastic one.
1: Maybe Terrence Malick could do the, the opening and closing credits.
0: I know you said that was the last question, but I, right. I do have a personal question I want to All ask you. Right. before right. we. You tweeted <laughs> that I remind you of Rocket the Raccoon, and I'm curious because I don't know if that's positive or negative, even though I like it. Did you mean that positively or negatively, and how do I remind you of Rocket Raccoon?
1: Well, that's all the time we have in this <laughs> podcast. Of course, it's positive, Jake. It's always positive, and you have sort of that cute little fuzz on your face.
0: Interesting. I was hoping for something more substantial, but I'll take it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is about it for our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Be sure to chime in, hit us up on Twitter at AC Paul at Jake underscore Roberson, or on Facebook uh where our group is called Pop Culture for Fan People and Know-It-Alls. And we're going to transition to our final segment, The Most Least oh Important Oh my goodness, thing. we still
1: have another segment.
0: All right. Welcome to The Most Least Important Thing. The way we love to wrap up this show each and every week. Paul, I'm a little worried that you forgot. <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, have good. It. All right, You go first, then. All right. Guys, Springing off the back of our discussion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but most importantly, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. My most least important thing this week? Paul knows this is coming. Guys, I got retweeted by Chris Pratt today. (laughs) That's right. It happened. Yeah. Chris Pratt has quote tweeted me.
1: It is true. It is true. Jake and Chris... Now
0: really close on Twitter. Chris and me, we're best friends. Chris, buddy, call me sometime. We got to hang out. Did you know, Chris? You probably didn't even know this. Last week, your wife, Anna, she liked one of my tweets. So we're like a we're like I'm like you're a celebrity. Yeah, I'm like their best friend. Celebrity. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Hollywood, guys. I don't even need to work anymore. (laughs) I've made it. yeah. I'm gonna quit you my job, go I to sh- Hollywood, and be like got, and like show up at casting calls and be like, look, I got retweeted by Chris Pratt. That gets me automatic movies.
1: You know, I didn't know that you worked now.
0: So <laughs> Oh Harsh. <laughs> uh so that's my
1: most least important thing. Alright. My least because it's most awesome. important thing Paul's is gonna be a stinker compared no, to no, it's it's true. But <laughs> it compared to being retweeted by Chris Pratt, do you guys want to know my
0: how many how many likes no, and retweets my tweet has to, right no, now? Do not you guys brag. need to go find me at Jake brag. Roberson oh and retweet goodness. this so we can keep it going. No, because I I just want to I want to keep the love going, guys. I no, am so at over eleven 1, hundred retweets Jake, and almost Jake, seven thousand likes. Jake,
1: this is my segment. My <laughs> your segment. turn, Paul. Your turn. Go Thank ahead. You. What do you have? Enough of this braggadocio <laughs> behavior. I have... I just learned that Murder on the Orient Express is being remade. Oh, yeah? That's awesome. By Wes Anderson? No! I don't... Yeah, Actually, it's Kenneth Branagh is doing it. Yeah, okay. Kenneth Branagh is redoing it. So Interesting. Do you know anything about Murder on the Orient I Express? I don't. Okay, so it was a book by Agatha Christie in 1934. Okay. It was a famous movie in 1975 starring... All sorts of famous people. Sean Connery, Maggie oh. Smith, Ingrid Bergman. It was a great, fun... The Dame Maggie it. Smith. That is correct.
0: She's a fave of mine. Yeah,
1: she's awesome. Yeah. So, But it is now being redone by Kenneth Branagh. Okay. And it, again, stars everybody. It has.
0: Give Kitty me Ma. a list.
1: Okay. Kenneth Branagh is going to be Hercule Poirot, okay. the uh, famous detective. But it also includes Michelle Pfeiffer!
0: Pfeiffer! Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, ah, Judy Dench, Judy Dench, William Defoe. I'm about fifty fifty on all these. Keep going. Daisy Ridley. Okay, my wife cannot Josh stand Gadd. Daisy Ridley. Well,
1: but your wife—it sounds like she has bad taste.
0: I've brought her a lot up <laughs> in this episode. You really have, but she has good taste. Captain America: Winter Soldier continue josh no no
1: it's so josh that's all i'm gonna tell you who else there's some really good people in it is what i'm saying and it's worth seeing i maybe well maybe who knows it coming out i it's november 10th so it's gonna
0: be oh man that's coming up that's like the week (laughs) after thor ragnarok oh my goodness you're gonna you're gonna your head is going to explode in november yeah you're gonna be like thor ragnarok murder on the orient express yeah When's the next Star Wars movie coming out? Sometime around then. Or uh, right around then. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the, the nice thing is, no one will be able to to hear my head explode because you'll be working with Chris Pratt then. Yeah, that's true. I won't and, be uh, here to.
0: We'll we'll do this podcast remotely. <laughs> yeah. from, I'll, your, I'll from your from your Hollywood do it from mansion from my trailer. All and, right. Like when I, when I'm on set because yeah. I'm gonna be in the new Logan reboot. Like I'm gonna be the next. I'm gonna be the next Wolverine, guys. It makes sense. I've got the the, you would, okay. the strong muscular jaw, the tan skin, this the is, big bulging biceps. Oh my goodness! I can grow, you the, have I a can big, grow the facial you have a hair,
1: big bulging other areas that are not your biceps.
0: Whoa! No, 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 no. no. That's a whoa! <laughs> All right. I think no, I have to get an no. explicit rating. Waistline. Waist. Oh my goodness. I think that's a good See, place to end,
1: guys. This is, this is why we should not do more than hour long podcasts,
0: Jake. We're under oh, an hour, Paul. We are not. We are. I'm looking at the timestamp right now. I'm going to wrap it before we hit an hour. Thank you guys so much for listening to pop culture with fanboy and know it all. I'm Jake Roberson. I'm Paul AC. Be sure to catch us up, catch up with us on the social medias. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Goodbye. Peace out lullaby and guitar don't day. do not sing jake sleep, turn little this off darlings.